Welcome to the Creative Push, an intimate and diverse artist interview series. Here, artists and makers of all kinds share tips, advice, knowledge, and inspiration that you can learn from. I'm your host, Sherry O'Neill, a photographer, artist, writer, and educator. This series is a part of the Learn and Create platform to help artists further their education in creativity, art, and business. Welcome to the Creative Push. Today, I have Terrell Thornhill. He's an all-around artist here in Nashville, Tennessee. He does music, does screen printing. Tell me about yourself as a child. Were, were you creative as a kid? Too much so. I got in a lot of trouble because I asked a lot of questions. <laughs> I grew up in South Mississippi, 45 minutes from the Gulf Coast. Where I grew up, there wasn't a lot of art. And when I say art, I mean visual art. I wasn't exposed to it. Art is something you did as a hobby. I remember in elementary school when they would say, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I always said, I wanted to be an artist. The response was always the same. Oh, that's nice. But what do you want to do for money? You know, it was like, what do you really want to do? That was kind of the attitude. I was in my second year of college before I set foot into an art gallery. I mean, I wasn't, you know, deprived of cultural stuff. There's plenty of culture down there, but not much that resonated with me. I kind of had to make my own way. And, you know, what I do for a living, the screen printing, I got into that very, very early when I was like 12. I would hang out where they printed t-shirts. And it was amazing to me how they could make a screen and, and print an image. It, it was like, okay, uh, you could do posters and you can do books. You know, you can print anything like this. In college, my painting teacher saw one of the paintings that I was working on. He goes, you could reproduce these by screen printing on canvas. I didn't know anything about it, so I, and there was no other resources for me. So I went to the library, and the more I read, the more I loved it. And the more I got into it, the more into it I was. And so I just figured it out, you know, just trial and error. All of my equipment today I made because the stuff that's on the market doesn't work the way I wanted it to work, so I kind of fabricated my own. I've just kind of figured it out. That's really the creative process. It's figuring it out. Something about, you know, stumbling through the darkness and as it reveals itself to you, something about that process appeals to me. It's very eye-opening and it's very liberating. And, and I'm in here printing, you know, all the time in the middle of a project. And some of my neighbors are like, well, we hear you in there working because I'm like, aha, yeah. <laughs> I just love the process. That's why I do what I do. The fact that people, you know, will see an image that, that, that or a piece that I produce or, or they, they like it enough to hang it in their homes, you know, that's, that's just gravy. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I was born in Louisiana, and we moved there when I was probably in kindergarten. Were either of your parents artistic? My mom dabbled in artwork and she liked to do paintings for her friends you know and it was more of an arts and crafts kind of thing I mean she was she was decent she you know did a little portraiture but you know when mom had her paints and easels out it was like in a room where the kids weren't so so you know I got to see some of mom's work but I wasn't really exposed to it because it was something that she did she didn't necessarily involve us in it we were sitting around the, the kitchen table and they were like uh, going through like childhood pictures of me and stuff like that. And, and mom said, uh, 
said, oh, here's, his, here's, here's Terrell's report cards. Look on the back of all of them. They're, they say, all he wants to do is draw. All he wants to do is draw. All he wants to do is draw. We, we, we're always catching him drawing, you know, instead of doing his work. I know that you also do music. I left home at 16 and joined a band. I was going to be an underwater archaeologist. I fronted a band up until my early 20s. We did the circuit from Texas over to Florida and back, playing for anybody that would listen. So your artwork started with music. Yeah. When I started screen printing, I was doing our t-shirts and producing those in our, in our little practice room that we had and doing like uh, posters and all kinds of stuff. So you were designing all of the merch yeah. for the band. Yeah. All the merch that we did, we printed that. It was a handy little thing to know how to do, you know? So you said you started drawing, obviously, was your favorite thing as a child. Yeah. What was the subject matter? I've always been drawn to nature. You know, trees and, and animals. And in 93, I turned down a uh, developmental deal with Capitol Records New York, and my management company shelved my project for three years. I really can't stand the music business. I mean, I know I live in Nashville. I love playing music. I love performing. I mean, I still do. And writing and the creative process and everything with the industry is, what was it that uh, Hunter S. Thompson said? It was a, a shallow money trench where good men die like dogs. And then there's the bad side. Music does the same thing as art, or, or it can, at least good art and good music. It stirs the soul. It makes you think. If, if someone is standing in front of one of my art pieces and going, hmm, and coming up with their own conclusions, that's what good art does. It's to stir the soul. It's to stir conversation. You know, I love watching people look at my art. And eventually I, I might walk over and strike up a conversation without even telling them that I'm like, that's an interesting piece. What do you think about it? And there's this girl, I mean, literally, I didn't know, but she was standing there looking at it. It was an image of a stripped bicycle chained to a rack. It was one of my uh, first reduction method screen prints that I did in order to figure out the process. She's standing there and I realized she's almost in tears. And I'm like, what do you see there? And she goes, that's what abuse looks like. That's why it's called the risk of security. The piece is called the risk of security because when you secure something, you tie it down. But the risk is once you are secure, the things that make us secure allow people to come and pick what they want off of us, you know, and get what they need from us. And she got that. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly why I did that. What year did you move to Nashville and why did you move to Nashville? My first wife, she was a high school sweetheart. She packed everything that we owned in the only car that we owned and put my two-year-old son in the car and moved to Nashville. And I was supposed to pack up everything else and sell the house and move up in the summer of 1993. When I did that, she was like, I don't know if I want to be married anymore. And then... Once you got here? Once I got here, I, I talked her into working it out. We ended up having another child. Shortly after that child was born, we were in a car wreck, and she was in a coma for three months, in and out of occupational therapy and different you know, cognitive therapies and everything for years. At that time, I was doing graphic design for a living on a freelance basis and raising kids while she was 
getting better. It was difficult. One day we're sitting out outside and, you know, I think we're having like a family barbecue or a neighborhood barbecue or something. And I'm sitting out there and I'm like, I'm going to build an art studio onto this house and I'm going to develop a series. I'm going to make my own paper. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make my own paper and I'm going to screen print on it. Well, about two years later, that's exactly what I did. Is that when you got out of graphic design and kind of went on as a full-time artist? The graphic design supported my art habit. And now I'm getting to a place where people are seeking me to do graphic design because they like my art. And that's what I've always wanted. I wanted the art to serve the design. It's it's about 50-50 right now. What is one thing you wish you had known when you got started? I would say, you know, don't let anybody dissuade you. I've had people tell me, you're not an artist, you have an expensive hobby. First solo show that I did in Nashville right after the pandemic was tentatively titled Expensive Hobby, <laughs> with over 20 years worth of screen print art. Yeah, I would say just don't let anybody kick your can down the road. That's your job. You get to decide where it goes. You know, that's the important thing is being true to yourself. I wish that I would have had someone to really push that in me. I don't I don't know where it came from. I've never let anybody tell me what time it is, especially as far as art's concerned. I've just always kind of done it and just let the chips fall where they may. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying the creative push. These artist interviews are a labor of love, but it sure would help if you'd consider supporting this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain the work and time it takes for me to produce future episodes. You can click the support button or you can click the link below in the show notes. Any support is greatly appreciated and you can cancel at any time. Either way, I'm glad to have you here. Please subscribe and share. Now let's get back to the show. What was your biggest failure or what has been your biggest failure? That's a hard question to answer because I don't consider it a failure because I learned from it. I talk about the artistic process. It basically comes down to F it up and fix it. That's literally the creative process. You know, you do something and you're like, okay, don't do that anymore. You learn the limitations of your medium. You know, what paint can do, what ink can do in order to achieve the effect that you're trying to get. I don't want to say I don't have any failures. But the failures have always taught me something. So I don't, I don't, I don't consider them, them failures because I built on them and, and I learned from them and it made me a better artist and a better printmaker. Who are your influences? I've learned to appreciate Warhol and, and his work and what he did. He was definitely filled in niche and he, he was groundbreaking in you know what is art, what is not art. He's one of the guys that got that ball rolling. But my favorite artist is is Roy Lichtenstein. He was a pop artist, and his work was just so immensely, immensely different than what anybody else was doing. And he didn't care. He just kept on doing it. And he did sculptures, and he did. It was all very true to his reproducing print using print. And I was fascinated by that. John Singer Sargent, the way he works and the way he paints is you see things in his work that aren't there. You see little details in like hinges and cabinetry behind the subject from 10 feet away. When you get up close, they're just not there. Very expressive brushwork in some areas that may seem out of focus, you know, and I tried to include that in a couple of my pieces. Those are the ones that I, that I really, really gravitated to. 
Explain to me your technique and what makes your technique different than the average screen printer. Because most people think of screen printing of t-shirts. Well, today there's a method of producing stencils. Basically it's smearing some emulsion onto a microfilament screen, very fine mesh, and allowing it to dry in the dark. After it dries and you expose it to high intensity UV light, it crystallizes and it's no longer water soluble. You would produce one screen for every color. What I do in the reduction method is you take the largest swath of color and you just print solid. Then you take, you clean all the ink out and then you reduce the stencil. You put some more of that glue stuff. So the ink starts stacking up. You're using one screen but you're producing ever so smaller, 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 until there's absolutely nothing left. That's the method that I like to use. And there's three or four other different methods that people don't really do anymore that are kind of obsolete because they're so labor intensive, like hand painting and removing, and there's about 20 different ways to make stencil. I employ all of those techniques on the same piece from whatever what's going to work the best and what I'm trying to achieve, whether it's painting ink directly into the screen or if it's, uh, you know, doing a, a pull. And, and I use all of those methods in order to, to achieve what I'm trying to do. Walk me through an average day of what you do as far as the process, the amount of hours. Screen printing is a process that's made for large scale production of anything. I go through the same work and the same setup to produce four editions of a print as someone who does a thousand. And the reason I do that is because I don't want a thousand. I want four. And if I'm doing a thousand, then I have to spend all of this time printing. What I enjoy is the process. So I'm going to do four and I'm going to set those aside and then I'm going to go to the next one. <laughs> that also brings more value to your imagery because there's very limited. Well, you know, yes, yes and no. I mean, I'll probably never see it in my lifetime, but uh, hopefully there'll be a, a vast closet full of stuff when, when I'm done. What is creativity to you? I cannot imagine life without creativity. Creativity is, is the lifeblood and the life force of discovery. There is no discovery without creativity. You find out who you are. You find out how to do stuff. You find out other ways of doing things. And it's what makes life interesting. Creativity is what makes life interesting. And that, you know, music too. Whether we're talking about art or music or songwriting or anything, it underscores our existence and it gives our existence meaning. And it helps us find our way forward. It's like the expression of self. Yes. Everyone has it. Everyone has it. If they're not using it, they need to learn and dig a little deeper and learn how to use it. What inspires or motivates you to create? I'll see something. Sherry and I were in, in the car and I looked over on the, the side of the, the, the road and said, okay, I know what my next series is going to be. And then I explained it. I actually took a picture of these weeds. They don't look anything like this, but... It's never what I see. It's a passing glimpse out the window. It's something you think you see. That's what the artist's job is. The artist is a filter through which you take normal stuff and you put a spin on it. 
and you, you, you get to see what the artist sees in their head that allows you to see what's inside of someone else. And that's just fascinating to me. What do you do when you get stuck? Or do you ever get stuck? I get stuck all the time. You keep powering through and you make mistakes and you learn from them. A lot of times it's just in the doing, you kind of figure stuff out. Is there one big struggle that you continue to have to tackle with your career as an artist? You know, money, uh, resources. When I produce a series, there's expense involved. A lot of paper and ink and time and I have to schedule my art projects. You know, I generally know how long they're going to take, but I hate stopping. And if I have to stop to do some design work or do something that's going to earn a living, I understand. That's what you got to do what you got to do, but that's an obstacle. If I have to stop the creative process to make money, th that really irritates me. What do you see in your future? Oh, my future's bright. You know, I don't know how bright. I am an optimist. I'm where I need to be. I'm, I'm where I want to be. My job is to create it and hang it on the wall. It's other people's job to make sense of it. How do you market your work? I'm lucky enough to have a gallery that represents me. Chave has been great about helping me uh, promote myself, offering me opportunities, and, and giving me wall space. And we've had a very good relationship. As far as outside of uh, you know being represented by a gallery, I you know I do commissions sometimes. I use social media uh, a good bit. If somebody likes something, they can call me. If uh, if it's not something the gallery has an in inventory, then you know I'm glad to glad to you know work with them. And I love people that ask for my art and are interested in it. What advice can you give to someone starting out on their own creative path? Don't accept no. Don't just don't. No is one person's opinion. Don't accept no. Just just keep stumbling through the darkness and 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 you you'll find little points of light here and there that'll that'll guide you in one way or another. Follow the sparkly things. If it catches your interest, follow it. Be interested. And I, I told this to someone the other day. They said, "I wish I had time to create." I'm like, "There is no time to create. You have to take time." They said, yeah, I know, but it's so difficult. I've got, you know, so many things going on. I said, no, 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 you're not understanding. I didn't say make time. No one can make time. There's only a certain amount of time in a day. You have to take time. You take it from your kids. You take it from your spouse. You take it from work. You take it from school. You take it. You take that time and you make good use of it. That would be some good advice. I wish someone had told me that. I'm curious what your thoughts are as far as spending time with other creative people. Does that filter into your creativity or does it take away from your creativity? I, I know what you mean by that. I know what you mean by that. In the idyllic sense, you think that all creative people think alike and they're all inspired by the same things. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, I've been around some creative people that are just draining. But on the other hand, I've, I know some really creatively minded people and other artists that uh, are totally inspiring. They're always doing something new. And those are the ones that I kind of like to hang around. Artists tend to be hard to understand and hard to, you know, the quirky and, and all of that kind of thing. And to hang out with people that kind of get that on a fundamental basis is very refreshing. I'm fed 
emotionally by hanging out with other artists. Everybody's doing something different, and the experiences of, of sharing work, uh, sharing techniques, and becoming interested in other people's techniques and stuff, yeah, that fuels me. That, 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 that fuels the creative process. Well, where can people find your work? I'm online at terrellthornhill.com. That's my visual art. My graphic design is uh, thornhillcreative.com. Well, thank you so much, Terrell, for letting me do this interview with you. Thank you. I've enjoyed it immensely. You've asked some very, very, very good questions, and uh, I can't express enough how, how much I enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. As always, my intention is to offer inspiration that excites you to want to get out there and create something amazing. Be sure to check out some of the other episodes. There's more information below in the show notes, including links to other great stories, tips, and resources. Drop me a message or comment at any time, and I hope that you'll sign up to be a part of this creative tribe.